Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Erlen versus Joe with Joe Fortenbaugh, our resident ESPN bet analyst. They went 0-2 in the championship round here at Amber and Ian when Johanna Steele, who is eight years old, made our picks for us. We went two and O in the championship round. We are sitting atop the ESPN radio pick them challenge. Thanks to the best Joe on ESPN radio. Amber and Ian presented by progressive insurance. Now Joe Fortenbaugh for a long time was in San Francisco on radio. Let's go out to San Francisco. Damon Bruce, host of wake up with Damon and Larry on YouTube. And Damon, thanks so much for your time. Uh, How do you feel about hearing that your friend, Joe Fortenbaugh lost so severely picking against an eight year old? Amber, all I can say is that when I heard Joe was not going to be involved in this broadcast, I couldn't have committed to it any faster. Uh, You know, just to be able to talk to you, to be able to talk to Jonathan tonight, I I was into that. Joe is just way off his rocker these days. Uh, Glad to see he's launching ESPN bets with with, with such great picks. Yes, right. Uh, well, well, we'll get him some advice uh, from Johanna Steele when we can. You mentioned it there, Jonathan Saslow, filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. So, Damon, I wanted to start with you here on the resiliency that this 49ers team showed. And it only came here when, frankly, it mattered most because I don't think they have a come-from-behind win all season long. And then here they've got one in the divisional round and in the conference championship. I guess if you're going to show that you're tried and t- true, this is is a good time to do it. How much do you think that means as they head into the Super Bowl? Everyone wants to see all the boxes ticked as many as possible before you go and play in the biggest game in the world. And a couple of the boxes, I mean, this is putting some sunny, sunny disinfectant on it. We're, you know, haven't won from behind. Brock hasn't been asked to play in high pressure end of game drives because the Niners are such good front runners. So a couple boxes certainly got checked. And, you know, sunny side up prognostication for Niners fans, if you're trying to look at this in the best light possible, is you're in the Super Bowl without even come close to having put four quarters together, without even come close to have played uh, as well as you did all year. Two of the worst games that the 49ers have played in many ways have been in the playoffs so far this entire season, and they have still reached the X marks the spot of the entire season. There was no team in the NFL that lived under the umbrella pressure of your season starts in the conference championship game. If you're not there, you're a total failure. And if you do get there and you lose it, we're going to still say you're a total failure. So now the 49ers real season can finally begin because they've reached the game that everybody said they had to be in. So hats off to delivering on those expectations. Damon, how does the talk locally around Brock Purdy compare to the talk nationally? You know, I think it's a lot more understanding and forgiving than some people want to be. And I think it's an awful lot more based in reality than sometimes performance segments. 
if we took Brock Purdy's numbers and put them next to the name Aaron Rodgers, the argument would be that Aaron Rodgers was the MVP of the NFL and should it be unanimous or not. Um, Brock Purdy, for whatever reason, being the least controversial, least look at me, least attention grabbing person has become a firebrand. And I really don't know why. You know, maybe it has to do a little bit with there's a difference between being a center fielder and a center fielder for the New York Yankees. There's a difference between being a quarterback and a quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. It's one of the biggest positions in one of the most scrutinized positions in the world. And it's come down on Brock, I think, unfairly for a guy who really truthfully, even if you were his harshest critic, you'd have to admit you can't really have a two-year start to a career much better than this. You know, system quarterback, unheralded, talented, misunderstood, however you want to interpret it. We now have enough data points that say, no matter what your opinion was, you have to admit this is going pretty darn well for a second-year player who has been in two NFC title games and is now appearing in the Super Bowl with some numbers next to his name from this season that actually put him in a MVP conversation, which drove the world insane. Yeah, it's a very strange thing, the way that people react to Brock Purdy. And maybe it is because it, it, people say that he's a system quarterback. I Frankly, we don't even know that. <laughs> it's not like we've seen much uh, from Brock, obviously, in his NFL career. Even in that system, from what we've seen, though, even if he's a system quarterback, I don't know why the hell it matters if he's in the right system, Damon. Damon Bruce here on Amber and Ian with us. They were down 17 points, though, in that game to Detroit and obviously have to claw their way all the way back. What do you think did change in terms of the momentum there in the second half? I guess the system came alive. (laughs) You know, Brock really did have a historically significant second half in that NFC title game. But it would be, you know, football negligence to not talk about Dan Campbell, who I really, really like. I think he is... He, he turned the culture of the Detroit Lions around by being an incredibly aggressive coach, and his team fed off that and benefited from it. But sometimes you've got to stop setting a culture, and you've got to be in the moment you're in. When he kicked the field goal, he should have gone for the touchdowns. And when he passed on the field goals looking for first downs, I, I, I was all surprised. I, when you have a chance – to make it a three possession game when the 49ers, there's no way they got like four or five possessions left in this game based on how you're moving the football and how bad of a job the Niners are doing at stopping it. I just think he got caught up in his aggression. Um, You know, sometimes analytics will betray those who follow nothing but analytics. I don't think he felt the game correctly. And Dan Campbell held the door open that the 49ers created this incredible comeback through. Um, But it was, It was amazing. I mean, I I remember saying that in order for the 49ers to come back in this game, all they're going to need is one of the more magical halves of football you've ever seen. And they had an eight-minute run where they erased a 17-point deficit that someday needs its own name. You know, we've had the drive. We've had the catch. We've had a lot of things named. Uh, They're calling it the the fluke to IUK, the immaculate deflection whatever whatever. I mean we need some nicknames on this comeback it was that historically significant but there was an eight minute window in there which is one of the more stunning eight minutes I think football fans have ever seen and that's why the ratings on on both of these games were so good uh the Chiefs packing in like nobody else and 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 the 49ers were obviously in a dogfight 
Damon, you thought they were dead at halftime, right? It didn't look good. I mean, I thought that the only way out of it is to score with your opening possession and then basically play perfect football the rest of the way while maybe the Lions turn it over, fumble, interception. I mean, it was going to take more than your very best effort. You're going to need a little help to get back in this game. But it looked grim. It looked very grim. I mean, I remember thinking to myself, thank goodness that flight to Vegas and the booked hotel room were refundable. Because for a minute there, I didn't think I was off to Vegas a week from now to cover a Super Bowl. It looked a little grim. There's no doubt. But sports happens. And, you know, one of the oldest cliches is the fat lady hasn't sung, right? And, and there was a half of football and so much can change in a game. It was almost like a college game where you see a team come and dominate the first half. And you're like, oh, they don't have a chance. And then for some reason, something happens at halftime where everything changes. And uh, the 49ers are going to Las Vegas. And so am I after all. Glad we didn't cancel anything <laughs> prematurely. Never, don't rip your tickets until that game goes final. Yeah, fortunately for you, football is two halves. Uh, Damon Bruce, host of Wake Up with Damon and Larry on YouTube. Finally here, Damon, stepping away from the NFL for a moment. I got to ask you about the Golden State Warriors because we were talking about this crazy idea that Kendrick Perkins floated out earlier that Steph Curry should try to force his way out and force a trade for himself to the Los Angeles Lakers to play alongside LeBron. Kendrick Perkins had floated this idea on our airwaves earlier today. Obviously, that's crazy, but I am curious since you're in that market what is the temperature around this golden state team or warriors fans because it's been such a hell of a run just sort of accepting the fact that it feels like the dynasty is over hey they've already held the door open longer than most ever get to stand in the door frame right i mean it's been an incredible decade of basketball and nothing is forever but there is an air of frustration because run it back one more time is really sort of what everyone was sort of promised because if Jordan Poole was the problem, he's not here. I always thought that that was overly exaggerated and Draymond was supposed to come back reborn and we needed to see Draymond go to therapy already this year. So it was, uh, it's been a frustrating year. There's been some frustration over Steve Kerr who has, I think the second best player on this team right now, Jonathan Kaminga, whether you know, wonder whether or not he gets a coach DNP. That happened for a while there, and it didn't. It, it was impossible to explain why the young athletic wing, who is exactly what this team needs, isn't playing. Andrew Wiggins has been a massive disappointment. Kendrick Perkins needs to pipe down, though, because <laughs> Steph Curry is a first ballot, one of the 10 greatest ever Hall of Fame players, and he understands that being a career warrior probably has more intrinsic legacy basketball value than ring chasing, which if the minute Steph actually did that, Kendrick Perkins would probably say, oh, look at Steph kind of go chase a ring. Like, that's absurd. (laughs) That's absurd. Respect the throne. Steph sits upon it. It's his. Uh (laughs) Golden State is his franchise. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, he's got plenty of rings as well, so I don't think he needs to chase them at this point. Damon Bruce, host of Wake Up with Damon and Larry on YouTube. Thanks, Damon. Thank you, Amber. Thank you, Jonathan. Have a great week and happy Super Bowl. Thanks, Damon. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, Steph and Sabrina are going to go at it in a three-point shootout, but is it a good idea? We'll get into that next. This is ESPN Radio. 
With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All-time three-point leader, Steph Curry. And the WNBA single-season three-point record holder, Sabrina Inescu, are going to compete in a three-point contest at All-Star Weekend in Indianapolis on February 17th. Steph, challenge Sabrina on X or Twitter or whatever it is the kids are saying these days, and now apparently the rest is history. Amber and Ian Jonathan Zaslow. Filling in for Ian tonight, a little purple rain off the top from Prince. Oh, what I know, a song. What I know a song. We, have, we have a theme tonight, Rachel Robinson. Do you want to give us a the theme is quick... just great songs. Yeah. It, honestly, this whatever the theme is, it's been pretty fire tonight. I'm not going to lie. I know we had Michael Jackson. Now we have some Prince. I mean, just all-time Prince right there. What else have we had tonight, Rachel? All right. So we started off with Maroon 5, Misery. We had some Rolling Stones, I Can't Get No Satisfaction, Justin Timberlake, Cry Me a River, Beyonce in there, some Irreplaceable, Bruno Mars, Locked Out of Heaven, of course, Michael Jackson, Dirty Diana, and now Purple Rain by Prince. I mean, they're all songs about, you know, a, a guy loving a woman or, you know, heartbreak. Is, is they're, that all the song, they're all about heartbreak is what I was going to go with. It's yeah. just depressing. Is that the theme? No, even though we went through some couple, a couple of depressing topics earlier. No, that just happened to be a coincidence that we had huh. these slightly depressing songs. But upbeat, huh. but depressing. Huh. Uh, Rachel Robinson doing the show know. within the show here with her music theme tonight. I'm not sure I'm going to get that theme, although I never get any of the themes. So it would be a surprise to nobody if I don't get this thing. Zazlo is my only hope for getting the theme, and apparently he's not going to get it. So uh, you want to provide us with like a hint, or you just want to give it up? Does James know it? Well, she's got a couple more songs coming up. Let's let, let's let it play out, right? Okay. All right. We'll let it rock for a couple more segments yeah. and see if the next two songs unlock it. James Steele, do you have a guess if you I have, have no not idea. been given this? None of those. No none of those uh, connect with my bad brain. 
Yeah, Maroon 5 and Prince. I am having a hard time making some of the connections Beyonce, between Timberlake, Beyonce, yeah. ah. Michael Jackson. Ah. All right, well, we'll keep, we'll keep going here on Amber and Ian. But let's get back to what's happening here with All-Star Weekend. So Steph and Sabrina, they're going to go at it in a three-point contest February 17th. And here's the thing about this, and I don't know if this is like a weird reaction from me, and I'm not normally Let me hear it. the Let me woman hear it. who sits up here and kind of beats the woman drum on stuff, but... Sabrina already beat his record. And I, it, like, there's something that's weird to me about having to compete with a man. Like, why is this? I guess, why is this necessary to me? She stands alone to me. She already has the single season three-point record, right? Like, she's she's done it. And she, I don't know. I don't know what good is going to come out of this, I guess. And and that's not a knock on her by any means. It's a more of a societal knock there. I just feel why like... Do, why do you hate of, women? What's, what's going on the here? the amount of misogyny that's going to make an appearance if she doesn't win this thing, Zaslo. And I guess that, as a woman, is what makes me uncomfortable. I think this is... Uh, in theory, I like the idea because it's fun, all right? And it's obviously a great thing for the WNBA to have a a role here all-star weekend. And, and I know I know a lot of times WNBA players compete with what well, what was it the the two ball competition, you know, they'll they'll bring out the WNBA stars some year. So I, I I'm okay I like this aspect of it and she's terrific Sabrina Inescu. But I think this is I think she's in a no-win situation here. For one, it's a different three-point line. The men's game and the women's game. Mm-hmm. Number two, and she already tweeted out, I think this afternoon after it was announced, she tweeted out, because I'm sure this was being said, she tweeted out, I don't even care, I'll do it from the men's three-point line. So there's a different. it's a different three-point line. That's number one. Number two, which I think is a lot more important, is it's a different size ball. The women's ball is significantly smaller than the men's ball. So... It's not the same thing. And finally, where I think it's a no-win situation for her, if she do- if she loses, all the misogynistic guys point at her and say, you see, see? this is my misogyny voice, you see, see? women are <laughs> not as good as voice. men. It's almost That's like my misogyny one. voice. You see, see? <laughs> women are not as good as men. They shouldn't even be allowed to vote. They should be allowed to drive. Like that's <laughs> the stuff you're in the get, kitchen. You know? Make me a sandwich. Yeah, she should be making me a sandwich instead of a three-point <laughs> shootout. But but if she wins, then you're gonna have the conversation. Yeah, it's a smaller ball. Of course right. she's gonna win. It's easier. So I, the, unless she decides, she's awesome. she already yeah. said I'll shoot from the men's three-point line, which <sighs> I think is the right idea. Right. And, and especially because you see it all the time in the WNBA now. Also NBA two, of course. They'll shoot three feet behind the line anyway. So it's a smart move for her to say she will use the men's line. She should. But what's going to yeah, happen? Or, or he needs with to the use the women's line. I mean, they need to be on, on equal footing in, in, in order to have the con. Oh, I don't I, have a I problem. Think, I think it's got to be the use, men's line. I, uh, I pick a line. Go pick a line. Back. But the men's line yeah. makes a bit more sense here. But pick a line. Obviously, but the ball, you guys both the shoot smaller the ball. The smaller ball is a major that. advantage. Because I would imagine his hands are bigger than hers, right? So I would imagine that he has an inherent advantage if the ball, if they go with the men's ball. Uh, I I don't know that for certain. I'm just assuming there. Uh, the whole thing oh, and it's to heavier. me. 
I wish, well, you're right. And it's heavier. The whole thing to me, here's the problem for me is I want it to be fun. I do. But also it was already fun to me when Sabrina not only broke the WNBA record, but also surpassed the NBA record set by Steph Curry in 2021 at the three-point contest and by Tyrese Halliburton in 2023. She beat both of those dudes. She hit 20 straight shots in her three-point contest, a record 37 out of 40 possible points in a three-point contest. She beat this dude's record already. Why then does the dude have to compete with her? Like, you know what I mean? If they were the same, there's just something. Well, and I don't want to take the fun out of it, I guess. But why can't we let her accomplishment stand alone? Because the risk that we run, of course, is yes. Then she goes to head-to-head with these guys. And then now the accomplishment no longer looks quite the same because... It doesn't work out the same way. If it doesn't work out the same, obviously, if she wins this thing, it's going to be so awesome. But well, does it take away from way. what she like already saying, did? Like she already did it. Well, like she already beat the record. Well, well, like you're saying, why? Why do we have to see this? Like we're not. We're not necessarily the ones who get to decide. Like she, she yeah. may go to them and say, "I want to do this." So, like, oh, you know, we don't get to decide to what should be. Yeah, yeah. She's, well, then listen, that's why we're doing it. She's play, She's in it. I, I guess I just I just felt like when this story first came up, I'm like, man, I want this thing to be fun. I do, but there's just something about spot. it that doesn't feel that fun to me. And maybe it's because I've been in this sports world as a woman for so long that it's just like, I know. And it's not a good reason not to do it because you know what's going to happen, the backlash, if she doesn't win this thing. But, man, I, I just... I hate that that could be coming for her. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, we'll find out what is a big deal and what's not a big deal. This is ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Madonna, the height of Madonna. Excellent song, by the way. Excellent. She's on tour right now. Well, I was going to say excellent concert. One of the best concerts I've ever been to. Madonna and Britney Spears. It was fire. Wow. Long time ago. ago, It was fire in the mid 2000s. Amber and Ian, that's Jonathan Doslow filling in for Ian tonight. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. I just spent the entire break arguing with our producer, James Steele. (laughs) I mean, we were going at it about these bullies. Travis yeah, Kelsey, Justin Tucker, using your mom, boy, Justin Tucker, 
unprofessional bullies. Justin Tucker, yeah. Is what they Terrible. are. It's Justin Tucker is a saint. There's nothing wrong with Justin Tucker other than the fact that he's a kicker and there's this stupid macho thing in football where it's like kickers aren't actual players that other players do. And I feel like that's what was happening there. And it was just so childish and unprofessional that they're throwing his stuff. You, that man said that he's been that warming like, up the same way for 12 years. You say that like they picked up everything and threw it across the stadium. I mean, they did. tossed it. He He literally was setting back up his tee, and they they went and tossed it again. Like, they're 12 years old. It was little league behavior out there. Justin Tucker acting like a 12-year-old and putting his stuff right next to to the greatest It really was like two cool kids were, like, picking on the guy who's not cool. 100%. That's all it was. It was like the guy who's, like, not the cool guy. Yeah, it was like not the cool guy is like just there trying to do his job and like warm up, you know, it's like getting ready for the chess competition. And then the other two like huge cool dudes come over and they're like the two jocks. Yeah, the two jocks, they come over, they're like pushing him around, throwing his stuff or stuffing him into a locker. That's very much what it felt like in that moment. It's very. I don't know. Was T Swift impressed by that? Not the not the nor- normal kind of guy she goes for. I'm just saying. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. All right, let's play some big <laughs> deal. Not a big deal. It's making headlines. Extra, extra. Read all about it. But is it a big deal or not a big deal with Amber and Ian? I'm good. At I mean, this. that is the normal kind of guy I go for. But <laughs> I really. swear to God, I was just about to say. I feel <laughs> like Amber just described every guy she dated in high school. I swear <laughs> to God, I was about to say that. I knew you were thinking it. With the system in their car? 100%. The manlier, the better. All right, James. What do you got? (laughs) All right. Um, So we know now what jerseys will be worn at the Super Bowl. Uh, The Chiefs will be wearing red, and the 49ers will be wearing white. Uh, Is that a big deal? Not a big deal? Amber? No, it's not a big deal. What if I told you? That the teams that wear the colored jerseys in the Super Bowl are three and eleven since twenty uh, ten. All right. It, what if I told you that the NFL logo for the Super Bowl the cap past couple years indicated who was oh, going to be in the Super here. Bowl, and then by the way, to not have it right at all this year. So no, I don't think colors on logos or colors on jerseys mean anything to actual outcomes in games. I don't think this is a big deal. I don't. I generally am not one who gets caught up in jerseys anyways, though, frankly. I, I've never really understood that. The whole, like, which, like, we wait for the announcement of which jersey our team's wearing. I never really care about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going not a big deal. Certainly not a big deal, the 3-11 and 11 wearing colors part. But I am interested, are the Niners wearing all white? You said white jerseys. White jerseys and, I believe, gold pants. Oh, okay, because the white on white would have looked hot. But you're saying they're they're wearing white with the gold pants. Yeah, I'm going not a big deal. I feel like big deal, though, looking at this photo, is how bad it looks. The logo with the red on the red. I'm not not a fan, so that's a big deal for me. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, Kristen Juszczyk, uh, uh-huh. who made the coat for Taylor Swift and Brittany Mahomes a couple weeks ago, um, got a licensing deal with the NFL and will now be able to legally use team logos in her clothing designs per Sportico. Uh, Amber, big deal, not a big deal. This is a huge deal because I've actually been worried about this and all the videos that I see of her and all the social media, and it makes me 
like a little queasy inside as a, as a lawyer, like the, the former IP lawyer in me gets a little, uh, because I know she didn't have the rights to any of that stuff. And I knew the NFL could come after her, uh, if she was actually selling this stuff. And I do wonder if it was one reason, you know, now given she was gifting, we saw her gifting these things, these jackets, you know, it, not necessarily selling them, but obviously you would think that that's the ultimate goal here. And there's all sorts of trademark infringement issues with what she was doing. So it's good that she has worked with the NFL, that she has the official licensing now. And those are some hot, hot jackets that she makes. That girl is very talented. I would totally rock one of those if I lived in a colder climate for the Dolphins, Zazlo. Totally. All right. I'm, I'm going not a big deal because this – these were so many words that just came out of your mouth that I, I just I don't I don't understand what they mean. I'm not going to take it as disrespect because I don't understand the words, but it, it has to be not a big deal on my end. Like, I'm really confused. All right. For years, there has been a rumor that circulated that a Kansas City Chief fan buried a team flag under Allegiant Stadium as it was being. Yeah, built. I saw this. Uh, apparently, it's a hoax. Uh, so, oh, it's a hoax because there was there were pictures. Yeah, it's a construction worker. There were pictures, but um, it seems like I, I don't know if it's real or not. Uh, but is it a big deal if there is a flag buried under Allegiant Stadium? Zaz. Well, uh, I, I'm choosing to believe that it's real, and I'm saying that it's a big deal because I think you need to know if it's real or not before you can. Well, I, I read an article thing. the other day, actually, like, and it looked real. You know, the Internet doesn't lie. What are we talking right. about here? So I, I think it's legit. And I'm going it's a big deal because one way or the other, th- this is going to be a thing. You know, if they win. OK, great. It's a funny story. If they lose the Chiefs, then it's like, whoa, there's some bad juju going on there. You shouldn't have done that. So I'm going big deal. Uh, this isn't a big deal. It shouldn't be a big deal. The only reason it might be a big deal is because the Kansas City Chiefs are annoying, and just generally speaking, the thought of them winning another Super Bowl kind of nauseates me. Yeah, just a, a quick search. Uh, ABC uh, affiliate in the Kansas City area. Uh, they tracked down the guy who said he buried the flag, Held up and the flag. he had the flag and said he didn't bury the flag. It was all uh... what. Well, now if they lose, it's going to be because he didn't bury the flag when he had the opportunity, when he was standing in front of the pit where it was being built, and he didn't bury the flag. I hate liars. <laughs> All right, now on to the very important stuff. Pat McAfee, back. Hold on, at- just for a second. I'm sorry. What? Hold on. So this guy randomly was just taking a picture years ago, like while the stadium was being built, and you could see the Luxor in the strip in the background with a Chiefs flag. That he wasn't. And he's just faking out reporters, like getting people to 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 waste their time writing stories. Just in the eventual case that Kansas City's in the Super Bowl one day in Vegas. Well, he's a Raiders fan. Well, I mean, I'm sorry, he's a Chiefs fan who lives and works in. He apparently works in Vegas, building this stadium. He was, yeah, he was helping with the construction of the stadium. But why was he holding up Chiefs flag? Because he's a Chiefs fan. But okay, but like he's he's like. At work, building, <laughs> building a stadium. Yeah, but like he was what? he was doing a thing where it's you like, look, I'm breaks? a Chiefs fan. It's it's a huge rivalry, and he's like, look, I'm a Chiefs fan, and I'm the first ever person to sit on these bleachers, and I'm a Chiefs fan. <laughs> look at me, like that's what okay. he was doing. All right, all right. I'm glad we unpacked that more. I'm sorry, this has just been bothering me. The more that I that find was my out impression of the that was my impression of the the Chiefs construction work. I liked it. Very that was my very close to misogyny guy, and also <laughs> well, and also guy, macho I mean. guy. 
Yeah. Just a lot. I, I think you guys need to work on your impersonations. To be I, honest know, I with think you. Yeah, my impressions are fire. Yeah. All right. Uh, the important stuff now says Pat McAfee back uh, as a full time WWE commentator on the Raw commentary team. Big deal. Yeah. That's a big deal. WWE has a really hard time, you know, holding down commentary crews and they're shaking it up again. And Pat McAfee has been really great at this job. He's a color analyst and now he's the permanent color analyst for their flagship show Monday Night Raw. I'm obviously a huge pro wrestling fan because why wouldn't I be? So I'm going big deal. Yeah, this this was good news when I turned on Raw last night. Go ahead, Amber. What what is the color and an- analysis? Yeah. For exactly the play by play. Uh, the same thing for every other sport to describe what's going on. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because otherwise we insight. wouldn't know what. Do you need me to explain to you what Troy Aikman does on Monday Night Football? Is there a re- is there a radio? Is there a radio call for this thing? Is Obviously. there somebody somewhere? Like, do we have like a separate team for the radio broadcast, like we do in real sports? There's no radio broadcast of wrestling. What are you talking oh, about? I think they oh, did okay. do that That's one year. Bridge. I think one year they did have a radio That's broadcast. That's a bridge too like far. In the early nineties. Was Jim Ross involved in that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I think they did one year. I'd like that job. You know what? If anybody wants to bring that job back out there, I'm putting my name in the hat. Oh, good. I can't. I can't. I can't with any of this. Uh, None of this is a big deal. What's a big deal is that I'm stuck on this show with the two of you tonight who are two of the biggest wrestling fans I know. What's that? You said more wrestling content? Gotcha, Amber. Uh, Cody Rhodes wins the Royal Rumble for the second year in a row, Zaz. Big deal, not a big deal. That's a big deal. I was there. I was there on the floor on Saturday night, Tropicana Field. What a night. Amber, I wish I brought you with me. We would have had such a great time. It's not very far from where you live because you live in fake Miami, Sarasota. You're right around the corner there from St. Pete. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have brought you. We'd have had a great time, and you would have loved Cody Rhodes winning. I'll go big deal. So Jonathan Zaslow and I. Son of a plumber. uh, Go back. I mean, how many years? Like seven, eight eight years now or whatever it's been? Eight years, because we hosted a radio show together in Miami. Uh, Zaslow and Amber for a very long time for many many years so we're very very good friends Jonathan Zaslow gets in his car and he drives to Tropicana like a couple times a year I want to say and in order to make this drive (laughs) he quite literally drives past my exit he just drives straight past me and I live hours from him now he just drives straight past his friend straight up to Tropicana Field for it's wrestling. A bad look on my part. I'll and then turns around after the event and then drives back. Then just drives yeah. back to, right by my exit, straight by it. Bam. Well, I had to get to Travis Never Scott Sunday night. I was there too. Went to Travis Scott. <laughs> had to get back to Miami in time for Travis Scott Sunday night. What a weekend I had. Oh, True if, story. You know, if you know Jonathan Zaslow, the thought of Zaslow at a Travis Scott concert is the funniest image ever. And he shared it with yeah. you on his ne- Instagram at Zaslow. Show. Next, up, uh, I'm go- next up, I'm going to Ultra. You look at- <laughs> Looked like you were having fun at that Travis Scott show. Oh my show. god! What a I so mean, what a fun. night! What a night! I was the oldest person there. You're a good dad. Oh, I bet by like other there's some there was some other oldest dad probably there. in the audience. <laughs> Otherwise, you were the oldest. I don't know, man. By 20 years know. at least, I would say. Oh, I'm right there uh, on the rail. I'm on the floor on the rail of the stage, looking just old. I don't, I don't even know who Travis Scott is. So. Stop it. Yes, you do. No idea. Yes, you do. James. Zero yes, idea. You, James. That's not, I don't that's know not who reasonable that behavior. Tell me who it is. Kylie Jenner's that's uh, the not baby of her children. That's not going to help. I'll get that. the Spotify ready for him. It's fine. 
No oh, idea. good. We're going to fire up some Travis no Scott. Stay tuned for that. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, we will school James on who Travis Scott is. Plus, we have to finally unpack Rachel Robinson's theme tonight musically because we've gotten multiple callers that have figured out her theme. Zazzle and I have not. Plus, we've got to talk about the reaction to Taylor Swift at these Chiefs games. That's next. This is ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now we're on to Rihanna. Oh, I have I no Riri. idea. I love Riri too. I have no idea what Rachel's musical theme is for tonight's I show. Jonathan Saslow filling in for Ian tonight. Rachel, give me a real quick synopsis of the music tonight. So we've gotten some phone calls on it as well. All right. So we started Maroon 5, Misery, Rolling Stones, I Can't Get No Satisfaction, Justin Timberlake, Cry Me a River, Beyonce, Irreplaceable, Bruno Mars, Locked Out of Heaven, Michael Jackson, Dirty Diana, Prince, Purple Rain, Madonna, Material Girl, and finally, Rihanna, Disturbia. Zazla, what is your guess? Yeah, well, I, I can't take credit for it because it was tweeted at us, and I'm pretty sure, Amber, that this is the correct answer. The tweet reads, your producer's musical theme tonight is all artists who have performed at Super Bowl halftime. Oh, that makes go. sense. God, I should have been able to get that. That's a bad job out of me. Yeah, I, I was in my head. I'm trying to connect the dots. And so I'm trying to connect, yeah. you know, a lot of her themes. It's like, oh, they're, you know, the same year, the same era or similar music theme or artists or words or the theme of the music itself or whatever. And they're like, I couldn't find the connection between any, the connection point here. Well, obviously that makes sense because there is none other than the fact that they've all performed at the Super Bowl. So there you go. Good, good job. Good Rachel, job, Rachel, as always. Excellent job. Maybe not such an excellent job from Taylor Swift, at least not according to a lot of people, because there has been a lot of weird backlash around Taylor Swift yeah. as we head towards a Super Bowl. I don't, like and I, don't I just I don't fully understand it, frankly. I mean, I don't like what is there to, to hate? But I I guess we just kind of live in a culture where it's fun to hate on these sorts of things. I get she's super famous and I get that people get tired of overexposure but the reality is she was showed on this CBS broadcast something like 42 seconds in this last game out of yeah, the game Yeah, she was that shown was, only once or twice. Yeah, out of this game that was 
like well over three hours long. I think she was shown more than once or twice, but it was still collectively, it was something like 42 seconds. And then mind you, in comparison, they had B-roll of really innocuous things that got almost like crab cakes or something like that, that got nearly as much time as Taylor Swift caught on camera. I mean, it really was a microcosm of the game and everything in the game and not even to count. Of course, the commercials went much longer than that. So it's not like all you're consuming is football on the field. And yet it's somehow that 40 seconds of T Swift that people have an issue with. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's necessary for me to bring back my impression of misogyny guy, but I, 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 yeah, I, I mean, okay, fine. Why do I have to see a show that doesn't even like football? I'm trying to sit down and drink my beers and watch football, and I got to see this girl <laughs> with the music that I don't like. That's misogyny guy. I made an appearance again, you know? I, I, think there's, I think there's a little bit of that. But for me, and I like when they show Taylor Swift. I like all the Taylor Swift stuff. By the way, if I could say, there is such a cool photo, and props to whoever the photog was that took the shot, where – they're, they're, they're doing the AFC Championship presentation on the stage on the field after the game on Sunday. And it's you have, you have Andy Reid on the stage. And, you know, there's Travis Kelsey up there and Pat Mahomes and Chris Jones. And Taylor Swift is on field level right in front of the stage. And the photog is shooting over the shoulder of Taylor Swift. And it's a shot of Andy Reid pointing at Taylor mm-hmm. Swift. And she's pointing back. It's such a cool shot. And then you can't tell me that this isn't a real relationship. Amber, they kissed on the mouth, okay? That's a real relationship. But here's the thing. I think when I'm watching games, I think that the I think the networks show crowd shots a little too much. It's a little too much for me. So if some of those crowd shots then instead are going to include Taylor Swift having a great time, I know who Taylor Swift is. I don't know Joe Blow who's sitting in the crowd with his Chiefs jersey on. I'd rather see Taylor Swift. Like, I'm good with it. I have zero problem seeing celebrities at sporting events. Zero problem. We see it all the time at NBA games. She's really into the games. Show them on the game. Exactly. What does it matter? Showing people who I recognize, because you're right, I have no idea who the huge overwhelming majority of people in the crowd are. What does it matter if there's a few people there who we all recognize because they're that famous across the world and they're showing having a ton of fun at the game like everybody else? I don't I don't see what the big problem is. It was 44 seconds, by the way, officially that they showed during that Chiefs Ravens game. 44. And by the way, misogyny guy didn't. By the way, misogyny guy didn't complain once about every time Eminem was showed the last couple of Detroit Lions games. <laughs> right, that's true. Eminem was showed a ton. During the Detroit Lions, even doing some obscene gestures, okay? Because he's Eminem. Eminem's, Eminem's a brand. guy. I know he's really. I know he's a real fan. <laughs> Men are supposed to be at football. You know, that's my. That's I, my know he's, I know he's. I know he's a football. legit Lions guy. Yeah. What's a lady doing watching football? That's a men's misogyny sport. guy. <laughs> I think that the overexposure of all of these celebrities, I guess, to some semblance. Uh, they just, you get tired of it, I guess, generally, right? So if the Kardashians were at these games and they were shown for 10 seconds, we'd be tired of it. And I think some people maybe are just tired of sort of this love story or this obsession with the Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift love story generally. I I just, I don't understand why you can't just enjoy things. Like, what does it really I think she's fun. She seems like a nice girl. I like it. I'm I'm good with it. They seem... They seem to dig each other. What's wrong with people being happy, man? And they kissed on the mouth after the game. I saw it. Yeah, I don't. 
I, for me, I'm so bored with the Kansas City Chiefs and their greatness. I'm so tired of it. For me, the only interesting angle of this team I'm not tired is of Taylor it. Swift. I know you're not, James. Thanks. Like, thank goodness for Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Because Taylor no Swift's going to save the Super Bowl. I got news for you. Exactly. There's no part of me that wants to see the Chiefs in another gosh darn Super Bowl. But if I'm going to have to, at least I get to see Taylor Swift there as well. After she turned down the Super Bowl halftime show, she turned down performing in it. After she has to have a concert in Japan the day before, she has to be at a Super Bowl. Even on private jets, that's insane. Then she has to fly to New Zealand like two days later when she's in the middle of this international tour. All of that makes this game more interesting. I have zero problem with Taylor Swift being a storyline coming up. But also, by the way, with all that said, go Niners coming up next here on ESPN radio game night with Q Myers and Emmett Golden. You're welcome. James. Absolutely not.